Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Will 2023 be the year of organizational learning? This article is written by Nigel Payne. Organizational learning, not individual learning, is what will enable businesses to overcome their most complex problems. Nigel Payne therefore urges us to make 2023 the year we widen our lens and nurture peer learning, collective problem solving, and a culture of trust. Will 2023 be the year when learning and development focuses its attention on deliberately increasing organizational learning? For too long, we have concentrated solely on building up individual learning, individual competence, and individual resilience. By focusing instead on organization, widened development, we will help build organizational resilience, something we desperately need in times of uncertainty and ambiguity. This does not mean that individual competence is no longer relevant, quite the opposite, but building organization learning is possibly the only way that businesses will be able to thrive in the current climate. Many organizations work against the kind of collective and spontaneous action I am envisaging. It will also mean that individuals will learn faster in more connected communities and value their colleagues more. <coughs> One great byproduct will be stronger. When a great byproduct will be stronger, happier, and more supportive workplaces, where people stay stay because where people stay because they are they realize what they will lose if they leave. I I say this with a great passion. I say this with a great passion, but also with some evidence to prove my points. I'm writing a book on organizational learning and the research I have been doing keeps pointing more and more clearly to the power of connected learning communities and the impact this will have on work culture. My research points in one direction only. Learning happens best through socio-cultural interactions. We have known for a very long time, at least since the work of the Russian psychologist Liv Vygotsky in the early 20th century that learning is sociocultural, not individual. And the most effective learning of all happens when we join what he called a zone of proximal development, an environment where we can learn alongside and with our peers in a space just outside our comfort zone. <coughs> Sadly, this rarely happens by chance. It requires vision and leadership and conscious decisions to modify behaviors 
and working practices inside an organization to, en to encourage such support and cooperation. It requires vision and leadership and conscious decisions to modify behaviors and working practices inside an organization to encourage such support and cooperation. Above all, it requires a culture that readily empowers employees and gives them permission to explore, question, and secure small groups to work spontaneously on key challenges. If you are interested to discover more, then read uh, Vygotsky's Mind in Society, which is a collection of his, which is a collection of his writings pulled together in 1978 and 1978 to help his ideas percolate down to a wider Western audience. The chapter on learning and development, chapter six, is the place to start. Work is focused on individual performance targets to the exclusion of everything else. How does this work in a practice? How does this work in a practice? Google shows us one rare example of where this type of learning does happen is at Google. McKenzie's most recent insights journal recounts this mini case study from the tech giant. Notably, many successful Organizations focus on creating the types of environments in which workers can teach themselves. For example, at Google, the vast majority of tracked trainings happen via an employee-to-employee -employee network called G2G, Googler-to-Googler. Members of the network, which includes more than 6,000 people, offer their time to help peers develop. What is required is a change to the very structure and hierarchy that promotes knowledge sharing. What is required is a change to the very structure and hierarchy that promotes knowledge sharing. Many organizations work against the kind of collective and spontaneous action I am envisaging and actively block peer groups and actively block peer group learning in the belief that it is somehow a distraction and therefore unproductive. The obsession with individual performance is blind-siding us. The obsession with individual performance is blind-siding us. Work is focused on individual performance targets to the exclusion of everything else. This has an inbuilt negative impact that discourages asking for, for or offering help. In such a climate, only the brave few admit what they do not know or ask for help. Essentially, you are required to get on and do your job, not anyone else's. The better you appear to do it, the more that you are rewarded. You may work alongside people, you may work alongside people, but you don't work together. Your relationship and support network is never clear or tested because showing vulnerability or admitting what you do not know is not a cultural norm. It can even be career limiting. In my last book, Workplace Learning, I identify that one of the key characteristics of a learning culture 
In my last book, Workplace Learning, I identified that one of the key characteristics of a learning culture was widespread trust among colleagues and a fundamental desire to support each other. This in turn led to an openness when it came to admitting mistakes or acknowledging when you need help. But building trust is a shift that requires active development and careful nurturing. If colleagues in adversity recognize the common elements of their challenges, they can work together to move the organization forward. Only as a collective can we overcome our most complex business challenges. In the 1970s, when uh, Rick Ravens developed his theory of action learning, in the 1970s, when Rick Ravens developed his theory of action learning, he based it on the assumption that the only way wicked problems could be approached was by collective action, not individual brilliance. A wicked problem is one where there is no obvious solution, and as you begin to tackle it, the problem morphs. And as you begin to tackle it, the the problem morphs, meaning change smoothly from one image to another by small gradual steps using computer animation technique. Uh, I think it's uh, different here. Uh, Okay, let me repeat that. A wicked problem is one where there is no obvious solution and as you begin to tackle it, the problem morphs, which means uh, the problem undergoes or causes to undergo a gradual process of transformation. Uh, That's the meaning of morphs, morphs. He saw the workplace as challenging. He saw Rick Rivans. He saw the workplace as challenging and complex and beyond the reach of experts. If colleagues in adversity recognize the common elements of their challenges, they can work together to move the organization forward. The manager's role he envisaged was to create that climate where such open and frank discussions among peers could be organized informally and constantly without fear of criticism or retribution and where learning could become deeply embedded in work. That that inevitably leads to the recognition that organizations are complex and that you are not only part of the solution, but potentially part of the problem. Learning is at the heart of organizational development. An organization is a collection of procedures, values, and behaviors. This means changing the organization requires changing the people in it and their behavior. Creating a climate for learning, not just learning programs, should be at the top of learning leaders' agendas, and I hope by the end of 2023 it will. Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah. This is Dr. Khad Dosiri from Dhamam, Saudi Arabia.